Welcome back to the Doggy Juice Pod, changing the way you think as a sports better. This is episode number 65, Thursday, November 21st, 2019, and I have a great pod for you all today, and hopefully a shorter one too, because these have been running along here lately, so I'm going to make it a point to keep this one shorter than the most recent ones, and we're sadly nearing the end of the 2019 college football season with just two weekends left before conference title games and then bowl season. We're also entering the home stretch of the NFL regular season, so this episode of the pod is going to focus mainly on football. I happen to love both cards this week in college football week 13 and NFL week 12, and I have plenty of value plays for you all on this episode. I also sat down with Joe Rogers, my co-worker over at Bet Chicago, Bet Indiana News earlier tonight to talk about some NFL games that we have tickets on this week. So I'll get to that interview and then close out the pod with best bets in college football and the NFL. And of course, we'll hear from the resident doggy juice pod degenerate, the Danimal, to hear what his plays are. But first, let's quickly talk about some college hoops. College hoops junkies are about to be treated to a buffet of holiday hoops tournaments. And the appetizer course starts this weekend. Today, actually, we had three tournaments that tipped off earlier today. I wrote a piece on Bet Chicago and Bet Indiana News um, yesterday covering the tip-off of these first three tournaments that uh, that started today. They're going to run through the weekend. Those are the 2K Empire Classic. Um, we got Duke, and obviously Texas actually just lost to Georgetown, so it's going to be Duke uh, as long as they hold on tonight. Uh, that game's actually tipping off uh, shortly, right, before, right after I record this, or as I'm recording this. So expecting Duke versus uh, Georgetown in the final on that on, on Friday evening. Then we have the Charleston Classic, uh, Miami, and Miami, Florida, and then actually the Florida Gators there in it, along with Xavier. Uh, those are the top contenders. Then the Myrtle Beach Invitational, Villanova, Baylor, Mississippi State, those are the top contenders there. And then next week, our main course of holiday tournaments begin, and those run through the holidays. We have tons of betting angles on these games. And if you're really getting on top of it, there's, you know, with unfamiliar sight lines, teams playing multiple days in a row, late-breaking team news and injuries to certain players, certain matchups uh, between teams with contrasting styles, provides plenty of soft lines and opportunities for sharp betters to take advantage of it, especially with, honestly, with college football and NFL going on. This is a great time to take advantage of odds makers because they have so much to pay attention to. And some of these holiday tournaments provide some of the best betting angles that we could find in the college basketball season. In my opinion, besides conference tournament week, which for me is always the most profitable week of the year, of the entire calendar year um, in any sport, besides that week, the week before March Madness uh, really begins during you know, early March, the conference tournament week. Uh, the next couple weeks here, college basketball really is ripe for the picking if you can get behind a lot of it. There's a lot going on, so I'm just going to really quickly touch on um, some of the main tournaments that are kicking off here in the next week or so and some of the main teams to keep an eye on in those tournaments. And then obviously, you know, stay tuned. Follow me on Twitter at Doggy Juice for, for potential best bets later next week on some of these games and stuff. But I'm just going to give you the blueprint on some of these here really quickly. We have the Paradise Jam. That one starts tomorrow, actually. Cincinnati is the class of that tournament. We have the Maui Invitational, Kansas and Michigan State, the two losers of the, the Champions Classic on the first night of the season on November 5th. Those are the favorites to face off in the final in Hawaii. We have the Battle for Atlantis. Obviously, that's always a really big early season college basketball tournament. UNC, Seton Hall, Oregon, and Michigan are all playing in that one. And uh, Pay special attention to freshman Cole Anthony, 
for the Tar Heels. He continues to make a lot of noise as an early player of the year candidate. We have the Legends Classic in Brooklyn. We have fast-paced Auburn. They're the favorite in that one. The Hall of Fame Classic. Missouri faces off against Butler, and Oklahoma plays Stanford in that one. We have the MGM Resorts main event, where we can see an interesting clash in style between fast-paced Colorado and slow-paced Wyoming in that one. Then we have the Hall of Fame tip-off classic, where Virginia's favored. Um, the Orlando Invitational, where n- number six Maryland, they're, they're like the only top team in that one. They should take that one home easily. The Emerald Coast Classic, Tennessee plays Florida State in that one, and Purdue plays VCU. Those are two great games uh, to start that one out, so that's going to be good. All, all the games in that and that uh, Emerald Coast Classic will be really interesting to watch, actually, with four really solid teams uh, that are all tournament teams, should be tournament teams this year. The Las Vegas Invitational, where I get to see my Hawkeyes face off against the defending national runner-up Texas Tech and Chris Beard. Quick sidebar, I was actually out in Iowa City last weekend for my friend's bachelor party. We actually went to the Iowa-Minnesota football game, and Sure enough, Saturday night, we are out at uh, one of the bars, the airliner in Iowa City, and the entire Iowa basketball team uh, showed up. And one of my buddies, um, apparently, I wasn't there, but at Ponchero's, the Mexican place, like right next door, one of my buddies was there uh, getting food at the end of the night. And Jordan Bohannon cut in line thinking that he can get his burrito for, for everybody else. And my buddy was letting him hear it because he basically said, hey, anybody that loses outright to, to DePaul at home, doesn't get to cut in line for burritos and let Jordan Bohannon hear it. Uh, so maybe that actually lit a fire under Bohannon. We'll, we'll see if he's actually going to end up redshirting this year, too. All my Hawkeye fans, he has, I think he has 12 games to decide if he's going to take the redshirt on his senior year this year. Uh, he had back surgery over the offseason. It's actually surprising that he actually started playing with the team at the beginning of the year. He has a big decision to make here early in the year. So we'll see. I don't know. Maybe if he wasn't treated right at Ponchero's, that could end up swaying him to leave Iowa City a little sooner. I don't know, but... Um, but yeah, they're they're facing off against Texas Tech, the Hawkeyes at the Las Vegas Invitational. Um, that'll be an interesting one to watch for sure. The Cancun Challenge. Basically, all you need to know about that one is Bob Huggins and West Virginia are playing in it. We got the Wooden Legacy Tournament. Arizona is the class of that one. Look out for Nico Mannion, my redheaded paisano. He's an Italian American man, an incredibly exciting freshman over there for the Wildcats. Um, I think he's really going to turn a lot of heads this year. He already is early on in the young season for Arizona. Uh, also look out for sneaky Providence in that tournament as well, the Wooden Legacy Tournament. And then finally, the NIT season tip-off in Brooklyn where Syracuse and Oklahoma State will be facing off. And watch out for Oklahoma State this year. I think that's another team that's going to be sneaky good um, this season and a solid long shot play, honestly. If they can make the tournament, they, can make, they, they have a team that can make it a deep run and you could find some some futures value on them. So Oklahoma State, they face off against Syracuse, and then Ole Miss plays against Penn State, who also looks to be the real deal this year so far. Penn State, pay attention to that one. That's going to be a really interesting tournament in Brooklyn for the NIT season tip-off. All right, so like I said, we'll be shifting more into college hoops uh, once college football starts to wind down a bit more in a few weeks. But for now, it's time to talk some football. So let's jump right into it. Let's talk, or let's let's jump into that interview that I had um, my talk with Joe Rogers earlier today. All right, ladies and gents, I am back with Joe Rogers, my coworker of Bet Chicago Bit Indiana News. How's it going, Joe? Doing great. Doing great. How are you doing? 
Doing all right. We are right in the thick of it. And we were just talking before this uh, about college basketball and college football, NFL. There's a lot going on at the same time. So prioritizing everything is is pretty difficult right now, but it's it's a lot of fun. And I think you and I have kind of hit that sweet spot right now, but I'm looking forward to kind of pushing a little bit more towards the college basketball side as we progress. But we, we're just going to talk about college football today. We just have uh, three games that we're looking at in particular. We're going to break down. And uh, the first one involves the Chicago Bears, hometown Chicago Bears. And you're going to be in Chicago this weekend. Really quick sidebar, right, Joe? That's right. Looking for a place to live this weekend. So should be moving early, early January. So looking forward to being a part of the Windy City and what it has to offer, especially in the uh, in January. That's the best time to be in January. Chicago, right? The most fantastic month to move to Chicago, January. That's perfect. By the end of February, you will be loving it so much that you're just going to be you're going to be writing postcards everywhere to all of your relatives. <laughs> you're going to you're going to be so pleased with life. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, it's, all, it's all it's all about well, May. Unfortunately, May unfortunately, unfortunately, we're leaving uh, Sunday morning, so can't catch the Bears game. But we'll have to do it one. Have to do it one of these times. You're going to leave with the ticket, though, on the Bears. So uh, I know you wrote you wrote about this Bears-Giants game for uh, Bet Chicago, Bet Indiana News. The Bears are laying six points to the Giants. Obviously, what happened last week with uh, with Trubisky getting taken out of the game and all the uncertainty here in Chicago and the quarterback situation, we have that. Contrast that with the Giants. They know who their quarterback is, but that team's dealing with tons of injuries. Saquon Barkley's banged up, and obviously that team's just – not heading anywhere this year with their their record, and it's just two disappointing teams, obviously, but more so the Bears. Uh, what, what's your take on this one? Yeah, so the my 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 whole thing is I think the for both of the picks I'm gonna go more in depth about is a pair of favorites that I think the bet, betting public is really soured on. I mean, first you have the Bears. Look, it doesn't get much worse, right? Have you guys heard about how bad Trubisky is? You know, <laughs> but. But, I mean, this this is his perfect – you know, it seems like every four weeks or so at this rate, he has a good game. So his best pass ratings this season have come in wins and covers against the Redskins and Lions. Those teams rank 26th and 28th, respectively, in DVOA uh, for total defense, a football outsiders metric, which adjusts for uh, strength schedule or opponents. Giants are 27th, so right in between Redskins and Lions. And they have one of the worst graded corners in the whole league, DeAndre Baker. He's last out of 127 qualified players. So there's hope on paper that Trubisky and company can have success against this team that's allowed 32 points per game. They've lost six in a row, one and five against the spread their last six. Bears, they have their revenge angle from last season. If you believe that, oh, you know, it, was, that. it was it was a different team. Eli Manning, Chase Daniel were the starters. Odell Beckham was still there, but they lost in overtime, and it kind of hurt their their mojo. I think it was week six, uh, week thirteen. So I mean, they were riding. I think they had won five games 
went to New York as a road favorite and lost in overtime. Yeah, I think, so, I mean, it had money I think on New York. Lot- Quick sidebar. I, was, I remember being with my friends and like sort of those moments I was watching that game and I had money on the Giants and I'm, I'm obviously always cheering for the Bears, but there's like one of those moments where there's so much going on in the NFL day and like we were watching Red Zone on one of the TVs and I caught a glimpse of the Giants scoring a late touchdown and like just reacted like with my, you know, I had my money on the line. So I was like, oh yes, I like celebrated that moment. And then I, my friends all looked at me like in disgust. And then I was like, oh, yeah. that's, that's when I kind of knew that maybe I uh, might have, maybe not a problem, but uh, my fandom has kind of taken second seat to the bankroll. Your alliance is your wallet, right? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, sorry. That's fine. And so during these past six losses for the Giants this season, they've really been turning the ball over, especially Daniel Jones. He's got 10 fumbles, six picks during this losing streak. I think they've recovered – Two of the ten fumbles, they've lost. They've lost eight fumbles. They lost. Uh, they had missing three offensive line starters their last game, which was the Jets. They had a bye week, and <clears throat> now they have three playmakers questionable. Evan Ingram's questionable. Um, Sterling Shepard's questionable, and then I think the backup tight end is questionable. Plus, Saquon has really struggled against good D's. I mean, the Bears are still fourth in DVOA. Major amount of tickets, and I think last time I checked, like 80% of the money was on was on the Giants because I'm maybe because their bye week they forgot how bad they were, and the Bears looked so bad. I mean, but they they still held the reigning NFC champions to 17 points. They still have you know an elite defense. They're still playing at home, so. I laid the points. Look at line was seven. So you, in theory, you're getting a one point value, but I mean, I was, I can definitely see the, see the bears winning 20 to 10, 20 to 13 total is what's the total here. 40 and a half. 40 and a half. So yeah. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people are leaning under 24, 14. I mean, low scoring game. Points are more of a premium, but I think that with the Bears being so so much better on defense and the Giants just Swiss cheese defense themselves, so I, I like the Bears. It's it's hard for me to envision a lot of points in this one. I, I did take a little bit of under at 40 and a half. I, you know, I really, if it was like 42, that's where I would really get involved for a lot. But even like, I doubt it gets up to 41, but that's where I'd take a little more out. But it's hard to see the Giants putting up points on the Bears' defense, and obviously it's hard to get excited uh, behind Trubisky and stuff, but I, I agree. I think that the Bears at minus six is the only way to look here, just for the reason of the Giants <laughs> having a tough time putting up points on the Bears. I mean, they have um, – they have they're 5-0 and against the spread their last five trips to Soldier Field, the Giants, but that's all – you know, that's a former team. But when you look at trends like that, I think that just helps drive the narrative sometimes because – that was all obviously with the previous quarterback, previous regimes for both teams. And um, mm-hmm. the, the over has cashed in all five of the Giants' last road games, which is something interesting. But everything you said about the team being banged up, you know, seemingly everywhere and all their skill positions and Saquon having a tough time against defenses like the Bears, it's just, it's hard to see them putting up points here. And I, I you know, the Giants' yeah. team total under could be a, maybe a good look. That's going to be tough to find value there, though, especially with the spread like this. So, um, but no, I, I, I definitely lean your way here, uh, laying the points with, with Chicago. So, um, yeah, so let's, let's move on to S- Sunday night. We have primetime 
San Francisco laying three against the Packers, staying in the NFC North here. Uh, this is a pretty big game. This one got flexed into the primetime spot. It was supposed to be Eagles for Seahawks, which is still a good game in its own right earlier in the day on Sunday. But yeah, this is the, the Sunday night game. The Niners becoming familiar with this primetime spot. They've, they've been host, they've hosted a couple games here on primetime um, already this year. So it's going to be a familiar spot for them. The Packers, the last time they traveled out to California, um, they are facing the Chargers and they completely no showed in that game. Mm-hmm. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers called them out, obviously, after the game for you know, maybe their party and didn't they weren't taking that game seriously. The Chargers, no one was really taking them seriously heading into that week. Yeah. And they lost outright. They got blown out. So but th- this line's essentially saying these are equal teams when you factor in home field. And mm-hmm. I'm I, I've bet the Niners myself. I, I've I bet them at minus three, minus one fifteen. Would really have loved to get normal juice on this, but that was enough uh for me to fire just because I think you know, I, my power ratings have this game uh, over like five and a half. And I still think even when you consider, I mean, the Packers are obviously coming off a bye week here, but uh, the Niners at home in this spot, I, I think this that's a great bet. What, what about you? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely baked into the number. And this is another, like the Bears, maybe a team that's fallen out of, you know, the public love of late hasn't looked so sharp. I don't think they've covered in three straight. That miracle push at the end of the Cardinals game, that was, you know, that was a fluke. People are really binding to the fact they haven't played a tough schedule. And here comes Aaron Rodgers, 8-2 and two straight up, 7-3 against the spread, Packers. But if you, if you use the Pythagorean expectation on how teams' records should be based on metrics, the, Pac- the Packers are a six-win team. And Rodgers, he actually ranks 15th in the league in total QBR, the Packers play at the third slowest pace in the league. This is not your Aaron Rodgers running gun offense. And there's there's plenty of reasons that I like the Niners here. They still have the league's second best DVOA for passing defense. They've allowed just four completions over 20 yards downfield. Um, no, no opposing quarterback has gone over 260 yards at Levi Stadium since week two of the 2018 season. I'm just rattling off some, some, <laughs> some bullet points of why I like the, uh, the Niners here. And look, Rogers, he's shredded the chiefs, the lions, the Raiders, the Eagles secondary, but you know, those team secondaries are really, really bad compared to San Francisco. They got Quan Williams. He's a top rated slot corner, all pro Richard Sherman. And the other guy, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he's the sixth best corner overall. Really, it's, I think they're going to have a tough time passing. You know, if they fall behind, are they going to be able to play catch up? And then I fully expect Kittle, Matt Breida, Emmanuel Sanders, and Devo Samuel, they're all questionable. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to play with the number one seed in the NFC on the line. So I agree. I like the Niners. Yeah, I, th- I agree with everything you said there. And that stat you said about them only allowing uh, four passes of over 20 yards really is – eye popping or I guess ear popping in this situation because that's, you know, that's Rogers kind of bread and butter of the team's losing. He kind of pulls that rabbit out of his hat with those deep throws and it's going to be that much more difficult against that pass rush. And that's where the mismatch is. I think, I mean, I think a lot of this too is the Packer, uh, the Packers defense seemingly gotten worse every week. It's regressing um, with every passing week and, and the Pythagorean wins kind of helps explain maybe how lucky they have been early on this, this year. Mm -hmm. And, for me, the Niners in this spot with that defense, 
and they're, they're kind of eager to overcome that. Obviously, last week they had a really tough time against the Cardinals and, you know, that crazy point spread shenanigans at the end of that game aside. Um, and then obviously yeah. losing at home against uh, against the Seahawks, too. They really want to grasp that, that top seed. And depending on how the Seahawks do, too, they might even put pressure on them to do that. Um, at least even win their division. You don't have to worry about that. So there's a lot at play here. This is a high... Um, there's a lot going on in this game. There's a lot, a lot at stake. So I think, uh, no, I agree with you here. Minus three. Would yeah, be I'll, I'll add um, from the bet, the bet pro football podcast that bet Indiana does with us bookmakings, Robert Walker. He said, they're going to get buried on Packers money, but luckily they're going to have the professionals there to pick up the other side, help right. even out the books. So they're, they're expecting the, the sharp money to come in on the Niners. So right, and he even said something along the lines of like he's prepared to go to battle with with the home team here. Like he's this, that's a spot he would like to be in uh, with the mm-hmm. with a good team like the 49ers, as opposed to some of the other teams that odds makers or uh, that uh, bookmakers have had to had to get behind in recent weeks. I mean, that's you'd like to go to war with a team like the 49ers at home in this spot. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I agree. We're simpatico on that one. Let's move on to the other primetime game in the NFL this week. And I'm on the home team also in this one, except instead of laying three points, the Rams are catching three points. And actually, you get plus three at a plus price right now as we record this on Thursday night. And I think that we're going to get that inevitable influx of, of public money you know, towards game day, especially if the pub, you know, public's got a lot of money to spend because they did so well last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and exactly. you know, if they're doing well on this Sunday, I mean, you might see this line uh, push up to four. I, I would I'd be shocked if that happens. Or sorry, I, I wouldn't be shocked. I'd just be surprised if that happens. Um, but definitely could see a plus three pop, plus three, three and a half popping. Uh, you can already get a three and a half at, I've seen a minus 120 at some shops. So it's out there, but I, I, would, I would really like minus 110, you know, or better to get involved at three and a half, but nothing wrong with plus three. Um, some money line here too, plus 160 in that range, if you can get that. Uh, but it's just a market overreaction thing for me. That's the main story. I mean, there's there's the actual X's and O's handicap where I think the Rams can cause a lot of problems for Lamar Jackson, take him out of his comfort level. And obviously he's looked like a world beater now. I mean, you wrote an article this week about the MVP odds and how he's the favorite now. But it's just mm-hmm. a market overreaction. It's in, And we were talking about this before we started recording. Uh, the market, I mean, obviously it's peaked on the Ravens here because they've won and covered their last four games by all of them by double digits with an average cover of over 23 points. So that's going to get you public money. The public's been on them since the Patriots game and, and they're going to look to be on them again Monday night. So I, I really think the, the Rams are, are gr- the great look here. I have this just over a pick on my stuff. So I, I think it's a great bet this week at home in the spot. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, they've won, Six straight, covered four straight. So, I mean, yeah, winning them a ton of money, I think. And did you mention how much they've covered by? Yeah, yeah, the past, like 23 yeah. on average the past four. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. And I was just looking at the uh, the sports insights. 81% of tickets across the market. I mean, this has Westgate, Pinnacle, DraftKings. Win 81% of tickets. On the Ravens, I mean, it's nuts. that's nuts. And, yeah. and it's just going to be even crazier as as game time approaches. I mean, that's the 
a standalone primetime game on Monday night. So you just know where the public mm-hmm. money, the ticket, sp- the ticket uh, splits are not going to change. I mean, the sharp money will come in uh, on the Rams. I don't think there should be any rush to get involved in this too. Like <laughs> at no. all, you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't fault someone for taking some plus three at a plus price right now, but I think you could pretty much bank on, on three and a half at, at uh, normal juice come game time. I'd, I'd be shocked if that wasn't the case, but uh, it's just like, I mean, even when you flip home field, I mean, obviously part of this is, you know, the fact that the Rams don't really have that typical home field. It's not the full three. I'll, I'll let's split the difference and say it's one and a half. That's essentially mm-hmm. saying that the Ravens would be blamed. What I mean, if you give the Ravens three, that's, I mean, that's set. They'd be like seven and a half, eight points at home against the Rams. I don't know. That's uh, that's tough. That's a tough one for me. So, or so no, it would be eight and a half. It would be eight and a half. So, I, yeah, I'll include the. I mean, they've the Ravens' defense obviously has looked a lot better, but at the same time, you know, well, you have the Patriots. You have the Seahawks. That was impressive. I'll give them that. Patriots. You know, they they're struggling with their offense. Bengals and then Texans. I mean. Yeah, I'll give it to them. That's those were impressive, but I don't think they warrant like you know they're not. They're, I mean, they're they're still they still rank tenth in DVOA. They still have the twenty fifth. They still rank twenty fifth against the run in DVOA. Yeah, Ravens are great. I mean, I don't, like, don't don't get me wrong here. Like, I've been riding the Ravens, and they were like I've been such. A, it's been a buy on team for me all year. I mean, I've got Ravens futures and 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 I, I bet them against the Patriots. I bet them last week even, and it's. It's just it's just too late now. There comes that point in the where the market just catches up, and then the market overreacts, and they've become a public team now. It's just it's sad. It's almost if like wave goodbye to them. And it's funny when you think about because it, it's ironic that it's against the Rams who've been you know mm-hmm. they, they've like assumed the Rams' role because the Rams have been that primo public team the past two years under McVay. And now when you see this spot, I mean, this was like unfathomable at the start of the year for the Rams to be catching three and a half against the Ravens at home. On, on primetime football. And obviously Jared Goff is 100% the story on that offensive line, but it's just it, like we've been saying, it, it's an overreaction and it's, it stinks like say goodbye to the Ravens, like jumping off the boat and, and stuff, but they've, you know, they've done their part for us and now we got to make money fading them. So the world turns. <laughs> yeah. That's what we got to do. All right, man. What, what did you have? What did you have for your, your teasers of the week? Yeah. You had uh Nothing. So did you have Jets? Did you have Jets again? I was going to do it, but I just bet the Jets um, straight up. I mean, they have standalone value at plus three. So the, you know, just the the simple math of of teasing them up now um, up to nine from that point when you just bet them at three, it just takes the teaser. I guess the teaser yeah. value away. So the only team that really fit the mold this week, obviously the tease, you know, the the classic Stanford Wong teasing through three and seven. The only team that fits the mold is the is the, the Seahawks uh, catching a point mm. and a half against the Eagles, but I'm I'm not I'm not teasing that one. I think it's just a, a stay away on the teasers this week. I'm I'm, um, I'm I'm looking ahead next week's card on the look aheads. There's there's several. It looks like there's going to be several options next week. So just going to be patient and wait for that. But obviously, sitting with the Jets open teaser from last week, still um, that was an easy cover there, but they went out right by like 17 points. But I I. Yeah, there's there's nothing for me teaser wise this week. Are you looking at anything teaser wise? Um, no, that's yeah, not. 
trying to figure out my contest play so I can get back in the action. Yeah, we are we are both uh, towards the top of the Chicago Super Contest. I think uh, – are you top ten? I think I'm – I was until I decided to go contrarian last week. I think I'm tied for 14th or 13th. Yeah, we're right there. I'm still, I still think we're going to do quite well at the end of that one. We'll see. Like I've said, the cream rises to the top. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? I don't know. I think my parents said it when I was young, I think. That's where I learned it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Wise words. Wise well, words. Then. Wise words indeed, and they shall be prophetic when we're standing at the top of that of that contest. That no none of the listeners here care about at all. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. I will. Uh, all right, sounds good. I'll catch you later. I will. I will uh, I'll see you in Chicago. All right. All right. Take care. Take care. All right. Thank you, Joe. That was awesome. You all can find Joe on Twitter at Rogers BC. That's Rogers with a D and BC as in Bet Chicago at the end. All right, it's that time now. Best bets time. Let's start it out with a juicy card this week for college football week 13. Hello! All right, in the interest of keeping things short, I won't delve too deeply into some of these, but as always, if you're interested in talking out some of these games or if you want to hear more of my reasoning, then reach out to me on Twitter at Doggy Juice, and I'll be happy to dive into this more with any of you uh, and explain my reasoning or some of the numbers behind some of these decisions. But uh, we've had a good season here in the NFL and college football. It's been really solid, not as good as last year, but it was always going to be impossible to reach uh, last year's outlier year. But having a good year, looking to finish strong, and I love the card this week. And the first one I jumped on right when it was posted last Sunday, when I can get after it, was UCLA plus 14 against USC, the rivalry game. Um, You likely need to lay a little bit of extra juice to get on that. Now, I got it at minus 105 because, you know, that's what vultures do in the market, but... Uh, when it opened, but you can get it at minus one. I'm seeing minus 115s out there tonight as I record this, and that's okay too. US, UCLA catching the full two touchdowns against USC. Uh, the Bruins were destroyed by Utah last week, and, and we did have a play on them, uh, but they did play with the Utes early on in that game. They were moving the ball, uh, but then they easily folded after Utah scored a defensive touchdown while the, the Bruins were driving. But before that, they'd won three straight. We were on the Bruins, you know, at the start of the year, we were on the Bruins too, and that didn't work out too well, but this team does have talent. They did figure things out, and some of the their numbers and their metrics here uh, really do jump off the page in terms of, of betting, providing betting value on them this week. I just can't see USC bullying uh, UCLA around here. Obviously, there's a lot of distractions with Helton. This could be his last, uh, one of his last big games here with USC. But got to remember this matchup. This is a rivalry matchup. Joshua Kelly ran all over USC last year. And I I just think this is a spot where USC is laying too many points. You can get a full two touchdowns here. Even sprinkle a little bit of money line here if you could find a really good number because this is going to be a close one. I think this is one of the best bets on the board. UCLA catching plus 14 against USC. Indiana plus 10. There's going to be a lot of dogs here. This is a lot of dogs I like on this card, uh, but that's the way I usually like it. And this one's ticked down a little bit, but I do see plus 10 minus 115s out there on Thursday night. The Scrappy Hoosiers, they've covered six out of their last seven, 
And we've been on them for, for most of that ride. It gave out Indiana on the podcast last week against Penn State. They outgained Penn State by 91 yards, had a great chance to beat the Nittany Lions last week. And Indiana, they've really just been a pesky team in the Big Ten. And this is a spot where the Wolverines, they, they have also covered six of their last seven, but they have their sights set on Ohio State next week. I just think this is a spot where Indiana's going to give them fits. They can keep this close, give Michigan a nice scare in Bloomington on Saturday. And it's a good look to play a little bit on the first half in the Hoosiers as well. Syracuse plus nine and a half. Some places are starting to move the nine, but nine and a halves are out there. I really want 10 for something substantial here. Haven't found a 10 myself without having to buy up, and I'm not looking to do that. Uh, but this is one of the biggest power ratings discrepancies I've already I've seen in weeks in this game. My stuff makes this game just under six, around six. So I think there's great value here on the orange in this spot. They're coming off a nice blowout win over Duke last week that has given them momentum. They're going to be bowl eligible if they win out. It's, it's really important to pay attention to teams' motivations at this point in the season, especially teams you know when the bubbles closed, popped on them, so to speak, or uh, the so-called dream crusher scenario where they... You know their their, uh, their goal at the start of the year is no longer attainable, so you can see a letdown spot late in the season by that team. Syracuse could still make a bowl game here if they win out, and they 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 play. I believe their last game's at home against Wake Forest, if I'm not mistaken. So if they do win this game against Louisville on the road, they can still make a bowl game. And I think this is a spot where they have momentum from that win last week, and they can really get after um, Louisville on the road and and compete in this game. This line is just too steep right now. Uh, so give me Syracuse in this game plus nine and a half. And if this gets if this hits ten, then hit it, baby. Get it if it gets to ten. Arizona State plus fourteen and a half. Of course, now I'm seeing plus fourteens with a little extra juice. Anything at fourteen or over is, is fine. Really would love to get fourteen and a half. If you haven't got that, don't don't do as much on the but still, plus 14 is good here. Um, you might see this tick back up, though, with pro-Oregon money. All those people thinking Oregon needs to win with margin, which Oregon does need to do. But ASU is a low-variance team. You rarely see them lose by much. They're slower, more methodical. They're, they're, I, dare I say, they're, they're actually well-coached, even though I've, I was kind of a hater on Edwards when he came into that program. He's done really well recruiting players. He's surrounded himself with good assistants, and that team is a real solid team, and I think that they can keep this one close against Oregon this week. Just asking them to keep it within two touchdowns, you're still going to be in the game, even if they're down by 20 late. Uh, the back door will be open, but at two full touchdowns, this is a worthy play and a spot where Oregon should be laying closer to 10 or 11. Texas plus six. I got it at six and a half, but was really hoping for seven for something more serious. But I still really do like this one a lot. And actually, it looks like this one's ticking down. If anything, it looks like I'm seeing some juice here on the six at some places. So lock in that six, lock in some money line. I found some plus 190 earlier, uh, but I do agree with the slime move. It, it does appear to maybe be coming down a little bit. This is a classic letdown spot for Baylor. After losing last week against Oklahoma, how do you come back after losing that? They, they had a huge lead over Oklahoma, blew it at the end, and lost outright. And it's kind of what I was talking about before with the bubble popping and, you know, not necessarily the dream crusher, but it is kind of a dream crusher. They know they can't make it to the the uh, college football playoff. Obviously, they had a very slim chance as it was, but if they won out, they would have been there, most likely. Um, and and uh, now they're not. So it's, it's really that simple. Baylor, it's a letdown spot against Texas at home, and this is the spot where Texas thrives. Tom Herman has a dog. We were on them last week, gave them out on the pod against Iowa State, covered that game. Obviously, everybody knows Tom Herman is a dog, but this is the spot where they thrive. And if you looked at, at the power ratings from these teams from the start of the, of the year, Texas would have been favored in this game. Um, so 
It's moved a little far on these teams. Texas is more than capable, absolutely capable of playing with Baylor here. Sam Ellinger, great at quarterback who can, uh, who obviously can, who has the experience and the wherewithal to win this game outright. So the Longhorns are a great play at plus six as a dog here. SMU plus four at Navy. Looks like this one's three and a half now, of course, but three and a half's fine. Uh, make sure you shop around. This one's fine at anything three or better, but uh, obviously do less at three and even at three and a half. But three and a half's fine. We'll grade it at three and a half here on the pod because that seems to be like the, the going rate here as I'm speaking to you. But um, there is a chance this can tick back up to four if you could find it. Go for it. I would be worried about this matchup, but SMU's had two weeks to prepare for Navy's option offense, so I really like SMU in this spot. Arkansas. This is the spot I was talking about in the podcast last week. I was not looking to fade LSU. Um, Maybe it was in the week before that, but I didn't fade LSU last week, but this is the week I really wanted to do it with Texas A&M on deck and then the SEC championship game. They don't care about how much they win this game, but Arkansas is catching 43.5. I think if you wait, you might be able to get 44. Again, it was 44. Looks like it's ticked down a bit, but I like this at 43 or better. Uh, Just about three-quarters of a unit here, not a full unit on this play. Um, but it is a spot where I think it's clear fade on LSU. Yes, they can name their score, but this is your ultimate look-ahead spot for them uh, with with everything that they have on deck. So Arkansas, the ugly, ugly dog of the week, plus 43.5 against LSU. Only a half unit on this one, but Northwestern plus 14. It looks like that one has ticked down to 13.5, so I would only get involved uh, at 14 for small on this one, but that's what I did. This is a classic letdown spot for Minnesota after losing to my Hawkeyes last week. Um, obviously, they still have everything to play for here in the Big Ten um, West. They, the Big Ten West is in, is in their hands still, but that's kind of why I like this because this it doesn't matter how they do this week against Northwestern. Minnesota is looking ahead to that massive matchup against Wisconsin next week to decide the Big Ten West and laying two touchdowns here at Northwestern, a team that can stay with them. It, it's just too much here, and you should pay special attention to quarterback Tanner Morgan's health for Minnesota. He was he suffered a concussion at the end of that Hawkeye game I was at last week, and it looks like uh, you should really look out for his status heading into game time here. Check out what that is um, heading into this one. But yeah, this is a spot where it's just it's just too many points. No need for a margin at all for Minnesota, and Northwestern can match up with them in an ugly affair to keep it close. So Northwestern for small at plus fourteen or better. And then finally, I lean Tulane at home against Central Florida this week. It's currently plus six. I might end up, I haven't gotten involved yet. Really want seven to get involved here. Not sure if we're going to get there, so I'm deciding I might do a little bit less at plus six here, but uh, Tulane at home against Central Florida. All right, before I move on to NFL, let's hear what our pal Danimal has to say about this week's card. What is up, everybody? It's your boy, the Danimal, checking in week 12 from balmy, hot, 50-degree Chicago. It is disgusting outside, but it's not freezing, so we are happy. The Bears, Giants, can't get any better than this Sunday at Soldier Field. Ruckus crowd. Oh, I can feel the intensity already. Can't wait. Cannot wait. Nonetheless, last week... Okay, eh. 49ers offensive lineman should be tried. Trial. Throwing the ball backwards 30 yards. Did he, 
what was he doing? Did he miss the drill last week about how to scramble for the ball at the end of a game? That pushed my Cardinals bet when they were covering the whole game. That's after Buffalo, the Bulls in college football, blew a 50-point lead, it felt like, and lost the game outright. So, okay, weekend, bounce back. Here we go. Love, love, love the board. Oklahoma State, minus six and a half over West Virginia. I think they need West Virginia all year. They stink. Teams hurt. They're done. Nothing to play for. Oklahoma State's cruising three in a row. They easily cover a touchdown in Morgantown. ECU, minus 13 and a half over UConn. Everybody knows UConn stinks. They're god-awful. ECU's not bad at all. They're rolling. They win this by 20. Minnesota, minus 13 and a half over Northwestern. I mean, Northwestern stinks. They can't score. UMass, that game doesn't count. That was a high school game. Erase it. Erase it. Shouldn't even count. They won't hit 10 points against Minnesota. Minnesota rebounds, cruises. They win by 20. Michigan, IU, over 53. Totals guy. Totals guy, totals guy, totals guy. Lock, lock, lock. Michigan, IU, over 53. Put it away. SMU, Navy, under 66 and a half. I know. SSU scores at, SMU scores at will. Navy puts up a lot of points. Navy's not dumb. They're our armed forces. They know the only way to win this game is controlling the ball. They pound, pound, pound the rock. They keep this game under 66 and a half. On to NFL. Got three favorites. Steelers minus six and a half over the Bengals. The Steelers' offense is awful. So bad. So, so bad. Bengals, even worse. I don't see how the Bengals score. This game has an ugly, ugly 10-point Steelers win, 17-3, 20-9, Steelers minus 6.5. Saints minus 9.5 over Carolina. Carolina's dead. They're dead. It's over. Kyle Allen experience, hmm, over. Saints are rolling, healthy. Camaro's back. Breeze is back. That defense will lock down McCaffrey. Saints win by two touchdowns. Last, I hate it. I hate it. Patriots minus six and a half over Dallas. I hope neither team wins, to be honest. And I don't think the Patriots are that, that good. Easy schedule early is now showing up. Beat the Eagles by a touchdown. Wasn't pretty, but they did it. I think Brady bounces back. They lock up the running game of Dallas. Brady has his left tackle back. Pats by 10. And that's it. I love this board, so I expect um, all winners. Danimal out. Thank you very much, Danimal. I'd look out for that Oklahoma State uh, play because I think they lost their quarterback earlier today. So that one is worth checking out. But good luck with your plays this week. Moving on to the Doggy Juice NFL Week 12 plays. Jets plus three. As I told Joe earlier on the pod, this is a game I played already at three with a little bit of extra juice. Uh, There's a lot of reasons to like this one. A lot of the Jets' season stats are skewed with Luke Falk in a quarterback. Um, He's now been waived by the Jets, no longer with them. The Jets have really turned things around the past couple weeks. We've been on them the past couple weeks, including on the podcast. And I'm not stopping. Still think the market has not caught up on this team, and the market is overreacting to the Raiders. Raiders have been one of the best stories of the NFL this season, but this is a cross-country trip for them. And this, you know, it's going to be a tough matchup. I think, you know, they're going into New York in this one, and I had the game 
lined closer to a pick'em. Getting a full three points with the home team Jets here. Sprinkle that money line. I found plus 135, plus 140 out there. It's worth a look in the spot where it should be a pick'em. So Jets plus three at home. And then these next two I already talked about with Joe earlier in the pod, so I'm not going to talk about them at length here, but the 49ers, minus 3, minus 115 on Sunday night football. Just love this spot. I think the 49ers are just the better. It's really that simple. It's just power ratings. you got to trust your ratings. They're the better team at home. This line's essentially saying that, uh, that they're close to equal teams. I do not think that's the case. I think the... Packers are about to face a defensive pass rush that they have not seen this season so far. 49ers are hungry, especially after pretty lackluster effort against the Cardinals last week and then obviously losing at home against the Seahawks. So I I love, love, love the 49ers at minus three against the Packers. And then the Rams, the other primetime game, no rush to bet this one. They are currently catching three against the Ravens, but... The Rams, plus three and a half. I'm looking at that on, on Monday night uh, and the money line. Uh, you might even be able to find a Rams plus four once that, all that public money comes in on the Ravens. But uh, the Rams, you can get plus three at plus money right now. I would not fault anyone for scraping some of that out. Uh, but really solid chance you get plus three and a half come game time in that one. And then a few unders that I like, uh, starting with the Lions and the Redskins under 41.5. I took an early position on this one. Uh, looks like Matthew Stafford's going to be sitting this one out. He's more doubtful than questionable uh, with all, with his physical ailments he's dealing with um, as they prepare to face the Redskins. The Lions are visiting uh, the Redskins this week. I, I just think it's just too many. You know, When you have a game with Jeff Driscoll, quarterback against Dwayne Haskins, you're asking them to score more than 42 points. Obviously, both defenses are pretty terrible, but I think you're going to see a slow-paced slugging game, and, uh, and and both these teams just struggling to put up points. So it's a good position to take the under. I think that might get some CLV, some closing line value in this one, uh, by taking some under 41.5 right now, especially before Stafford's officially ruled out of that one. But Lions, Redskins, under 41.5. And then I got a little twofer here, just a half unit on both of these unders that I've already taken uh, positions on. But uh, one of them I've already mentioned, the Bears and the Giants. I took a small position, actually a little bit less than a half a unit, on the, the under 40 and a half on that one. I would really need 42 to get involved for something more serious in that one because, honestly, I could see Trubisky having success this week. If he was ever going to have a productive offensive game this year, this entire season, this would be the game against the Giants. But uh, Giants banged up on offense, and, uh, and the Bears, obviously, you know what that offense has been like, uh, especially recently. So that's an under that I have a small position on. And the Steelers, Bengals, under 39. It's hard to imagine points in this one, too. Uh, just a half unit on that one, but the Steelers and the Bengals, under 39. And I just realized I have been on all dogs and unders, so how about an overplay? I know I have at least one over this week. Okay, yeah, the, the Titans and Jaguars over 41. Looks like that one's 41 and a half. I got it at 41. You might see this one tick back down, but um, Foles is back in as Jaguars quarterback. And obviously the Titans, you no longer have Mariota in there, and both offenses a bit underrated. Just according to my numbers here, there's a slight tick of value here. I'm playing the over at 41. Got it lined uh, 44.7, so... Not the worst play here. I think it's a good spot to get if you're looking to cheer for points. Titans, Jaguars, over 41. If you want to get 41 and a half, if that's what you have to get it at, then do a little bit less at that number. And like I said earlier to Joe, no teaser of the week this week, but we do 
have the open ones with the Jets from last week. Um, if you're able to fill in an open teaser with the Jets, like I recommended, you can look to fill in that remaining leg next week as I looked ahead at NFL Week 13's card, and there looks to be plenty of teaser options on that, depending on how things go this week with injuries and how teams look and stuff. But we just got to be patient on those. You can't force teasers at all, because remember, you're just buying points when you're playing teasers. That's all you're doing. So if you're not teasing through the key numbers of 3 and 7, you're just not doing it right. Obviously, unless you have like an edge or something like that, that makes it a little more complicated. But if you're teasing a game you know, from like 6.5 down to a half, you're not getting the same value. You're better off just playing the money line and other situations too. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to explain the math on this, but you really want to tease through those key numbers to get the advantage on your side, the math on your side here, because that's what we're trying to do, gain small edges over the books so we can win. It's all about assembling weekend portfolios that uh, that are built around edges that give us the best chance to win in the long run. That's how we do it here at Doggy Juice Headquarters, and that's going to do it for this episode of the Doggy Juice Pod. As always, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Doggy Juice. Please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes if you can. Always appreciate that. Otherwise, good luck with your bets. I'll be back next week for a special Thanksgiving edition of the podcast, and I will talk to you all later. All right, take care. Doggy Juice out.